Hello and welcome to Grace Life Stellenbosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Amen. It's good to have you all here. It's good to have some old faces, old familiar faces uh, back in the house. But yeah, like I said, we're starting a new series on how to hear from God. And before we go into that, um, maybe just the girl that we're praying for, for those of you who don't know. I need to give a little context. So uh, it's a girl that, um, do you want to share maybe? One minute. <laughs> um, yeah, so... She's basically one year old. I got a call yesterday. Um, just, it sounded like just I, I knew that it was a neighbor, so I just ran over. It sounded like they were be wrong or something. So like, I wasn't prepared for for uh, what what I what I got when I when I got there. But you know, when we were just singing this, you know, His goodness, um, you know, God is so good. You know, He just He He, he took over. And I just, I, I just basically, the baby was dead when I, when, when I was there. Um, so I just started declaring life over the baby, and I did what I did naturally, but I kept speaking life. And I think it was between five and ten minutes, uh, she started getting, you know, she started breathing on her own. And um, uh, so she came back to life, and the paramedics got there, um, I don't know, about 20, 30 minutes, and she's basically um, doing good at the moment. Mm. But we are standing together that she's going to have a full recovery. Amen. That she's going to be 100% complete. That she's going to have a normal brain function, mm. the lungs and heart and everything. Mm. And then, but you know, during that time when I was doing this, I just felt the peace of God inside of me while I was doing this. Mm. I didn't try and figure out what I should pray. Mm. I was just declaring life. Mm. And it's just amazing how God just backs us up when, when we do this. Sure. When we step out in faith. So, mm. yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lauren. See, that's why our job is not to just have a Sunday service, but is to equip the believers to do the work of the ministry and to be not just carriers of life, but that we know how to release that. Amen. And um, yeah, so that's so, so, it could have been so different had Ruan not been equipped. So ask yourself, are you equipped? And then secondly is, um, I remember we were once at uh, the beach and someone was looking for a friend and then there was a body in the waves. Um, and then you realize, like, am I, am I a Christian or not? Am I going to just go away and hide or am I going to stand up and, and be counted? Um, and unfortunately, that person didn't come back to life. But um, I'm glad that I went and prayed and then even created ministry opportunity with the lifeguards and the, 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 the family um, and we ended up actually sending Philip and Rita in Solaris Pass uh, to minister at the house. And they were a, a Rastafarian family. So um, we don't always see the outcome, but we are still carriers of the power. I mean, it's not up to God. Uh, it's whether we know how to release God inside of us. Amen. And one way that we get to live in power and live in faith is really when we hear from God, when we hear His voice. And I don't know about you, if you've ever taken a big step, chances are that you've taken a big faith step after hearing from God. Why? Because the word says so clearly that faith comes by hearing. And I know it speaks about the gospel, so you make sure you hear the gospel. But I know when I made big decisions in life, 
then, um, then we need to hear from God. Like, we're currently considering a few things in our personal capacity, and, and I said to my wife, well, we, we haven't heard from God yet. So this looks like the obvious thing, but we're not going to do it. And she said, yes, no, we need to, to hear from God first. Because we don't do what's obvious. Amen? We don't do what is good. We don't do what makes sense. We don't do what is good. We do what is from God. And how to do that, that is really to hear from God. And then faith comes by hearing, and hearing from the Word. But I want to just, as an introduction to this new series, um, it's going to be a few weeks because there's a lot that I want to say around it. And again, I want to equip you. I want you to hear from God. Amen? I want to, and we're going to even in the services, uh, create some space and create some time for us to just be still and hear from God. Because it's one thing to hear a word, like the message this morning, but it's something very different when God speaks on the inside of you. And I had God speak to me just now in worship, and it's just adding to the message. So now I'm more excited even to share the message, and Nadia doesn't even have the scripture. But it says so beautifully in Genesis 3 verse 1, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said? That wasn't in my notes, but I was like, God, I'm going to teach people now to hear from you. Is there something you want to tell me? Because I need to be confident that I can hear from God before I can teach on it, don't you think? Um, so I don't always get to hear from God, like, but God's always speaking. And we'll get to that. But has God indeed said? You see, if you know what God said, then the serpent cannot beguile you. But if you're unsure what God said, then the serpent has the opportunity to beguile you. And that was like, for me, this is such a, this is how it started. This is, this is where it's gone wrong. Eve forgot what God said. Because in the very next verse, she tells what she thinks or what Adam said. And I think that's maybe where the problem is. I don't think Eve heard for herself necessarily. But even if she did, she forgot. So you see, we can't just hear from someone. We need to hear from God. We need to hear. This is a good idea, but this is a God idea. And even when we have counsel and with, where people come to us with big decisions, my job is not to make a decision for you. What I'm going to ask you is, did you speak to God? What does God say? And we can help you get to what God says. And then we know a little bit how to filter what you hear. Amen? Because, you know, sometimes we hear and we think it's God and it's not. Like, I've gotten it wrong, I'm sure. I can give you some examples. But if we hear from God and it's not God, the other thing is we need to keep on listening. Faith comes by hearing, not by heard. Abraham heard, take your son up on the mountain. He took his son up on the mountain, so he heard from God, and he acted on what he heard. Then he went and he tied him down, and then God said, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't kill him. So if Abraham walked by heard and not hearing... Isaac might either have been dead or God had to raise someone from the dead prior to what he planned. Because the promise was still to come through Isaac. Okay? So we need to hear, but then we need to keep on listening. It's continuous tense there. Faith comes by continually hearing. The thing is then, God is not a vending machine. Okay, that sounds like facetious, but God is not a vending machine. We should not only go to God merely when we need Him. Merely when we have a big decision. Merely when we need direction. I remember when Natasha and I worked for another ministry, um, we got these emails and messages and like, prophesy me. I'm like, we're not prophesying you. <laughs> Where do you put in the money? Because then I'll prophesy you. No, I'm joking, never. Um, because prophesy doesn't work by money. It works by faith. 
it works by faith. And then we need to, to know that love works by faith. Or faith works by love. So when we love, then we're in faith. And when we're in faith, then we can act in the, the gifts. So it's so important that faith comes by hearing continuously. So God is not a vending machine. What is more important is your personal relationship with Father. It's when we have a personal relationship with Father that we know His voice. And the only time, if I only go to my wife and ask her, what's for dinner? What's for dinner? What's for breakfast? What's for lunch? How do you think that? And I never speak to her about anything else. Or I'm hungry. Or I need this. Or where do you want to go? Or where are we going tomorrow? Is that a good relationship? See, more ladies saying no than the guys. Guys, that's not good. Okay, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. If you do that, repent. I mean, change your thinking. Move around. Love your wife. Amen? The word says clearly, husbands love your wives. And wives, honor your husbands. Okay, so it's a little bit different what we need. So we need to figure that out. But at the end, it comes down to what God says. Amen? We need to grow in our personal relationship. Do you think Eve had a bit of an issue with her relationship with God? She did. Because she wasn't sure what he said. She wasn't sure who he was. She wasn't sure that he was good and that he only wanted good for her. So the relationship with God, if we grow in that, it gives us increased confidence in hearing his voice, but also that we've heard his voice. I think that's so important. Because sometimes we have heard from God, but after time we sort of diluted. I remember when God said to me, and He invited me to, to step out of my work into more full-time ministry, like, I walked with that for two years. And in worship, every, most times, not every time, that will be a lie, most times I open up my Bible, I still have it underlined, and I would read through it, and I said, God, is this you? Are you sure? And every time, there would be an excitement boiling up. There would be, if I quiet my heart, God, this doesn't make sense. There's no salary. This doesn't make sense. But God said, God said. So I made sure that I heard from God and then I kept on hearing that invitation of a loving father. So we need to have that relationship with God because then we know his voice. You know, Samuel is a great example in the Old Testament where he heard from God, but he didn't know it was God. Why? He didn't know God. Not yet. So he was a, a, a we don't know exactly how old he was, maybe say 15 years and he heard a voice, audible. Now, I haven't heard God audible. Like, I've heard him speak on the inside. And the word says, you, in the Old Testament, you hear a voice behind you. But now the Spirit indwells, and now we'll hear a voice inside you. Okay? Now, that sometimes sounds like your voice, and sometimes not. And I'll throw in a few sort of tips and hacks in between. One of the ways that I know it's God is when I know that I would never have come up with what I've just heard. Okay. Like, wow, that's a good plan. <laughs> that doesn't make sense even, but that's a good plan. Wow, I would have never thought of that. Then I'm like, okay, I'm like 80% sure this, this was God. Because it's not my thought, it's a different thought. It's a supernatural thought that has come in. So, now faith comes by hearing. The voice says, so faith proceeds from hearing. I like that. So we hear, and then faith comes from that. Faith then is stirred, if you will. So if we, if we listen to the message of God's anointed. So we need to be so sure of grace and our relationship with grace. And this is one of the things that Shane and I spoke of in our recordings yesterday from John, uh, Romans 4 and Romans 6. That we need to know that even if we make mistakes, we can still hear God. 
Okay, that's for someone. Even if you're stuck in temptations and addictions and sin, God is still speaking. There's no condition. He says, my sheep hear my voice. Amen? We'll look at those verses in a bit. The thing is, are you listening? Not if God is speaking, but whether we are listening. So why is it so important then? It says, in context, obviously, Romans 10 speaks about salvation faith, which is of inter- eternal importance. Okay? So how do we get people to believe in Jesus? We need to share the message of the anointed. The Amplified, I believe, gets it wrong in that verse because it says you need to speak the words that Christ spoke. Which is true in a sense, but not only. You need to speak about more than what Jesus said. Because Paul writes all the epistles, and that's not the words of Jesus, but it's explaining what Jesus has done. It's all about the gospel. It's all about the anointed one. So, we need to know that we require faith to live the abundant spiritual life. Okay, if we're not going to have faith, then we're going to be boring. Who wants to be boring? I've said it many times. I used to be very boring. <laughs> uh, that was before I met my wife, because I don't think she would have married me if I was still as boring and fearful. You know why I was boring? Not because I was bored, because I was fearful. I wasn't in faith. So I was so afraid of many things. I was the one, when everyone jumped off the cliff, I wouldn't. Because that's verantwoordelijk. You know, verantwoordelijk often is just the, the cover for fear. I remember I was at my, 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 my uncle's funeral. My uncle died at um, the age of 45, and very unfortunately. And at the funeral, I had this, you know, funerals do this where you are faced with morality. And I looked back at my life at that stage, I was at university, and I was like, this isn't all that great. If this was my funeral, what, what would we celebrate? And, um, and, and I just remember God speaking to me, and that was one of the, I was still learning to hear the voice of the Father, and He said to me, um, stop being afraid. Like, just that. Like, just stop it. That's the best counsel. If you come to me with your problems, I'm going to tell you, stop it. (laughs) Stop hitting your wife. Stop arguing. Stop whatever. Just stop it. Amen. And God just said, stop being afraid. That was 2008. I got saved probably at the beginning of that year. And um, I say probably because I never know if it was just before or just after 12 on the 31st of December. So it's not that I don't know when I was saved. I just don't know exactly the time. And in my case, it makes a a year's difference. Um, how did I hear from God there? I heard in a rock show, Stratlichkinder sing a song that was, Ek is veil, ek is stik, and ek is gebroke, maak my heel oor. And another song they sang after that was like, there's something about, daar is a licht, kom na die licht toe. And this was like, but God was speaking. Not through the Bible, but they were speaking truth, that God is gracious, that God is good, that God wants you to come to the light, even if you're dirty, broken, and afraid. And that was me. So I responded. I heard and I responded. Before that, Alicia, who's in Albania currently, our pastor there, she shared the unconditional love and grace of Jesus, the gospel with me. So I had seed, and I believe that seed was watered, so there was an echo of the same message, and then my heart responded. Back to my, uh, my, my uncle's funeral, and um, I'm standing there, and, 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 and I hear this from God, and I'm like, okay, God, so how does this work? Like, it's one thing to just, but you know what? The word says faith without corresponding action. Okay, that's the better way to speak about works in James. Corresponding action. So if I'm not going to be afraid, how am I going to not be afraid? And you know what? God gives us the opportunity to act on our decisions. It was 2008. I was still in Gauteng, so I was reading the Bild Courant, not the Burger. And Zimbabwe was up in flames. 
There was trucks burned. There was xenophobia. At that stage, I believe they, they estimated that the queue just to get out of the country at Bitebridge was about 2.4 kilometers of people uh, going back into Zimbabwe because they started burning people and, and, and all those terrible things, all based on fear, obviously, because God provides, and there's more than enough for everyone. But that's not the story. So I'm in my bed, and we just had this very emotional funeral, and it's late at night, and I get a message from one of my friends, and he said, we're going on a mission trip to Harare. You're coming with. I was like, hmm, this is a bit quick, Lord. <laughs> this is a bit soon. This is a bit radical. Come now. Not long, my phone beeps again. Another friend. Hey, I think you've heard, but we're going. We're going to Kariba. We're going to Livingston, and you're coming with. So I spoke to God. I said, God, I'll make you a deal. I said, God, I mean, my parents, um, they brought me up the way that I was, responsible. So I said, I'm going to speak to my dad in the morning. I mean, they are the ones who pay for the newspapers that have the photos of the burning in Zimbabwe. So they know what's going on. And um, at that stage, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to my dad, and what my dad says, I'll do. I mean, like, I knew 90%, 95% chance I'm not going to Zimbabwe, because my dad will say, never in your life. So I wake up the next morning, and I check the messages. Oh, yeah, this wasn't a dream. This is true. So I made a deal with God. I go to the kitchen. My dad is making tea. I said, Dad, guess what? Um, Andri said I must uh, join them on a mission trip to Zimbabwe. And I'm just expecting him to put the kettle down and says, never in your life. He looks at me very calmly and says, yeah, I think he would find. I was like, no, <laughs> no, don't, Dad, come now. <laughs> I went, and that trip changed my life completely. I stopped living in fear. We did whitewater rafting. We were chased by the police. Crazy, crazy stories. We had to drive at 190 kilometers just to stay with one of our friends. He caught a lift with someone at the border. We wanted to minister to him. This guy just sniffed cocaine and started speeding. We would, that was insane. Like, if I make a movie of that trip, you would watch it, I promise you. <laughs> but on that trip, God just spoke into my heart and said, do you want to live an adventure? And I'm not traveling Africa and doing whitewater rafting because there is more adventure than that. But that was God's way of inviting me into the much more life. And on that trip, I had many dreams. And these guys challenged me all the time. And they said, what is your dream? What are you going to do for God? And we were dreaming about setting up backpackers in different areas and making sure that we have missionaries staying in these backpackers and ministering to people. Because the people we found at these backpackers that we were living, they were, most of them were searching. They're looking for answers. They're not knowing how to hear from God. But you see, I heard... And then there was a corresponding action, and therefore my life was different. So a lot of us, we hear, but we don't act. Or, even worse, we don't listen from the start. So we never move in that space. Okay, I must just check where I am, because I got completely off sidetracked there. But I think it was good. Why did I go on that trip? Because I heard God say, stop being afraid. Stop living fearful. And then I had the invitation to act on that. If I did not hear that, I would just say, no, guys, crazy, go, enjoy. I mean, there were crocodiles now, I promise you. From here, probably, maybe even to there, like, that was probably, a, a, I don't know, a six-meter pitch black, as black as my iPad, crocodile. And we're coming around this bend in the Okavango, and, um, and the, he hears the noise, and he goes into the river, and we bank 
on the sand bank where he just had a tan, okay? Now, if you ever went tiger fishing, the boat is literally this high. It's not a big, you're not up in the air, you can't climb stairs, there's nothing. It is like a bath. And all these guys go out of the boat, and I'm in the boat. I'm like, I'm not afraid, but I'm not stupid, now. <laughs> As if this boat will keep me safe. But anyways, they weren't closer to, to being food than what I was. But um, you see, we need to start living. I don't know. We need to live for more. We just finished the five-part series on living for more. But where does it start? And that's what I want to share with you this morning. It starts by hearing from God. And where do we hear from God? We hear from God when we know He wants relationship with you. He's not angry. He's good. He's friendly. He's love. God is not into you fearing Him. The word fear in the Old Testament really speaks of awe, and that's where we get awesome. Okay? So there's only one thing that's really awesome, and it's not ice cream. Okay? It is God. <laughs> Our way is not just the word. It is actually from the Hebrew that speaks about awesome. I'm in awe. I'm in wonder. God is amazing. Guess what? God is now in me. God is for me, not against me. Amen. So it's so important that we then operate in this faith, but then it says so beautifully that if we want to prophesy, if we want to move in gifts, it happens by faith. And how does faith happen? Faith happens by hearing from God. So what is prophecy? What is a word of knowledge? How do we operate in the Spirit? If we operate in the Spirit, we need to, a word of knowledge is hearing from God, isn't it? And then having the faith to step out and say, hey, I heard this for you. And everyone wants to do it. Maybe not. Maybe you're fearful. It's fun. It's lots of fun. Amen? I want to do it with someone now. Hendriku. You see, so now I'm explaining. God has highlighted Hendriku to me. I don't know what I'm going to say yet. And that's okay. Because why? It takes faith. Now I'm out on the plank, like the sea rivers. No? So I've acted in faith, and now I want to do, take a moment, and I need to listen. So, Enrico, why don't you stand up, please? Let's pray for Enrico. Father, thank you for Enrico. Thank you that you love on him. Yeah, Father, thank you that you take care of him. Thank you for the good plans that you, that you have. I just see a small, a small vehicle, like a, um, almost like a, a, a beetle. And I see one of these, um, those big, almost six-wheeler army trucks. And I see you pulling up next to that army truck, getting out of the beetle. And just feel God say, I've got more for you. I'm going to take you places, and I'm going to take you higher. But just stay in my lane. Just stay following my plan for your life, not not your own plan. Don't hasten what God wants to do in your life because if you hasten it, you might improve and increase, but you'll never get as far and as high and there as quickly as what God wants to take you. Also, when you have that big vehicle, God says, be careful because if you drive over people, you'll hurt them, you'll damage them. Be careful of your relationships. Treat them with grace. Treasure what He treasures. He's going to give you much power, much authority. So you have to deal with it in love. Also have a co-pilot. Make sure it's the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, we want to be practical, don't we? 
We want to operate in faith. Another story that I can tell you of hearing from God is <coughs> we were in Kailicha. Now, that already tells you the fearful guy who never wanted to do anything was in Kailicha on a Saturday morning. And we were in Kailicha doing street ministry. And we went exactly where the clinic was because we knew sick people would go to the clinic. And we could see some gormas and people pray against us on the other side of the road and ridicule us. And as people walked down, they would shout and cause us, like, stay away from these guys. And then they would walk on the other side of the road. And then, luckily, we have feet, so we just go to the other side of the road. <laughs> and we pray for them there. But I was praying for this guy. And I mean, if you've been here a while, you've heard the story. But it, it, it bears repeating. He was drunk. He was smoking. It was 10 o'clock in the morning. And long story short, I couldn't break through. He was because he thought that God is punishing sin. He thought that God is not going to commune with him because he's not in a, he hasn't cleaned up his act. He's, he's not sober. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say, look at his shirt. And it was like this mustard yellow. And I just heard the word Kaiser Chiefs. Now, if you look back, it could be obvious. But I knew that wasn't my thought. So I looked him in the eyes and I said, you're a Kaiser Chief supporter, aren't you? And he was like, how do you know? I said, God told me. And I heard from God, that's a word of knowledge. And I acted on it, I shared it with him. And that was what opened his heart. I think he shocked himself sober. And I could eventually get through to him. He got delivered of a demon, he got saved, and he got healed. And he was like a bouncing ball running around there telling everyone, I can see you now, giving everyone hugs. A word of knowledge. What is a word? A word is heard. I heard from God, I acted on it, and a life is forever changed. And I'm going to have that brother in heaven. And we're going to talk some football, aren't we? <laughs> so, we need to hear from God, because it stirs faith. It opens up the door to the supernatural. Faith opens the doorway to living a life of purpose and adventure. Hebrews 11 verse 8 says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go. Why did he go? Because he was called. How did he know that he was called? Because he heard. Why did he go? Because he heard that he was called. And then he obeyed. So we need to hear from God. It's of utmost importance. And then he went where he did not know what the inheritance was. And he went out not knowing where he was going. That sounds like an adventure. I remember a friend and I, we did road trips all around. And then at 8 o'clock at night, we didn't know where we were going to sleep yet. I said, now you must, now you must stop flirting with these girls and ask them if there's space with their... Where, they, where, where, where they're staying. <laughs> because we, we, weren't, we didn't know where we were going. Um, I, I don't recommend that. Unless God invites you. Like, we don't know where we're going with the studio, but we know, God said, like, put up a studio. We don't know where we're going with television, but God said, go onto this television in Kenya, onto the station. We don't know where we're going, but we're going where God says. Amen? By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob is with him of the same promise for was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. Now, we want to look at adventure. We want to live the life of adventure. It says in Judges 9.17, and the, um, the American Standard Version says, For my father, he's speaking about Gideon, fought for you and adventured his life. The word in the New King James is risked his life. You see, adventure takes some risk. Now, it's not risk so much if you... Do it in faith. What is, more, what is more dangerous? To risk your life when God said, or to play it safe? The word says, if you want to lose your li- keep your life, you'll 
lose it, but if you're willing to lose your life for His sake and the Gospels, then you will keep it. Oh, so many examples we can use now. So Philip and Rita, I don't think they'll mind me sharing this, is uh, missionaries in Solaris Pass, and Goma, some other areas, and, um, and their family was like, they, Philip is from Greece, is that how you say it? Yeah? He's a Greek from Greece, and uh, Rita is Danish, she's from Denmark. Sure, that's not bad for Afrikaans, okay, huh? Um, and, uh, and, and they've been missionaries for years, and their family was like hounding them in a way like, you need pension. You need pension, you need to put away money, you, and you're irresponsible. And um, their family in, in Greece, I don't know if you remember, a while ago there was a financial crisis in Greece, and they lost all their pension. And Philip and Rita actually sent money to support their family in Greece because they lost everything. So I'm not saying be stupid, I'm just saying hear from God. Because we cannot trust in this world system, amen? If we want to live the adventure, we need to risk some. We risk when we hear from God. Faith works by love, so we need to know that God is a loving Father. So the message then that we hear, the filter is, is this love. And there's a few things that we want to show you. And one of the things that we'll get into in this series is really how to divide the word. Because if we hear through the Bible, if we hear the word through the word, then we better make sure that we know what, what part we're reading. <laughs> because they say parts in Job where, where Job's friend says things, and you can quote the verse of Scripture, but then later on they rebuked for what they said. So you cannot read that and think God is speaking that, but then later on God says, that's not who I am. Okay, We need to be very careful with how we treat the Bible, because if we have a need or a dream or we think we need a promise, then we can very easily get excited when we see those words in Scripture. For instance, promise. We just read a verse on promise. There's actually only really one promise in the Bible. God promised to Sarah that she will have a son, yes. But through that son, Galatians now says that's the promise of Christ. Now I know I'm maybe trampling some of your dreams here, but the word says be content with what you have, because if you have Christ, you have all you need. You have what is amazing. You have the very presence of God. And from that intimacy, from that relationship, from that face-to-face, -face, now God can lead you and direct you if you soften your heart. And that was the message before Easter. Okay, so we need to hear from God. Anyone convinced yet? Okay, if you've never heard from God, you're in the right place. If you heard from hearing from God all the time, you're also in the right place because I think we can always get better. Amen? We can always enjoy more of that. So, John 10 says from verse 2, But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. What does the sheep do? They hear his voice. Okay? And he calls his own sheep by name. There's a personal relationship there. I mean, one of the examples Jesus uses is there was a hundred sheep. I don't know if you know a hundred names. Okay, yeah, we do. But if, I remember my mom, uh, she's a teacher, so she said after COVID, she didn't know the kids without the buffs or the masks. They were like, who are you? <laughs> and that's 35 kids, so it's difficult. But Jesus knows your name. And he says, he hears you, we hear his voice, he calls his own sheep by name. And that's exactly what happened to Samuel. Samuel, Samuel. And he went to Eli. And Eli said, well, Xlob, lost me. Why? He heard the voice, but he didn't know it was God speaking. But you see that there's a progression there. Because Samuel later on hears who to anoint. 
He anoints Saul. Later on, he wants to uh, anoint uh, David's biggest brother, the oldest, biggest, most handsome. And God says, not him. And luckily, David hears, and ach, not David, Samuel. He hears and he acts on what he's heard. So you see, most of the people that we admire in the Bible heard from God. And we are in the fortunate space that Hebrews says, now in the end days, God speaks clearly. He used to speak in part, he used to speak in prophets, and, uh, and now he speaks through Jesus. And where is Jesus? Well, the Christ is now on the inside of us. So, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. If you're not going anywhere, it's okay. But God wants to take you somewhere. Amen? God wants to lead you. God wants to guide you, but it comes from relationship. It comes from God knowing your name, you knowing His voice. And then you see, He's not just sending you anywhere, He's going before you. He's going with you. He's leading you by the hand. A stranger will they not follow. So if you don't hear the voice of God, or if you do and you think it's the voice of the stranger, you're not going to act on it. Because we don't follow strangers. Well done. Okay? <laughs> when Jordan gets something from someone, what he does is he goes to Natasha and he says... Basically, can I have this? Because he doesn't trust strangers. Amen? That's good. He shouldn't. Um, But they will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Verse 9, I am the door. If by me any man enter in, he shall be saved, and he shall go in and out and find pasture. So why is it important that we hear the voice of the Father? Because otherwise, we're not going to find pasture. You see... Psalm 23 speaks about green grass and still waters. And maybe you feel like you've never experienced that or not recently. Now, it's not going to come to you. There's a word. Because He leads you out from where you are and He takes you to the green pastures. So you need to get up and go. Even if it is just in your thinking, in your belief, in the way you understand the Bible. Because where you are, if that's desert, it's probably um, deserted as well. Like God is not there. But God is there wanting to take you somewhere. So you need to hear His voice and follow His lead. And then He's going to take you to some great places. Amen. He's going to take you on an adventure. Amen. He's going to take you to to where life is fun. To where life is good. To um, where even if you need to stand in a queue with uh, 2.4 kilometers... You can preach to people in that queue. Amen? And it's going to be good. You can ask Jackie how fun it was to drive with a, a, a bus up to Gauteng. They didn't make it to Harare because it broke down. Um, but if you know that that is what God said, then you deal with, I believe, the irritation, the endurance that you need, the fumes, the smells, the, the everything, because you are now in faith. Why? Because you heard from God. Amen? And praise God they, uh, that, that, that God had better in store for them because they had to go on a plane from Johannesburg to Harare because the bus was broken. Amen? But that doesn't mean they heard wrong. They heard to go on the bus, so they obeyed. And when the bus broke, God had a plan. Amen? They found pasture, nice air-conditioned airplanes. Amen? Hebrews 3 and verse 7, before I'm going to kill one holy cow here this morning, says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost says, today if you will hear His voice. So he's quoting from Psalm 95, I believe. 
And he's quoting this and he says, Today the Holy Spirit speaks. Now this is even in the Old Testament. Amen? God speaks. And God speaks to you. God wants to speak maybe also through you. So when we know that we hear from God for ourselves, now we can grow into being a blessing to minister to the body. Now we can operate in words of knowledge and prophecy and even just encouragement and edification. Because now we can be fruitful. Because now we are in faith. Amen? I'm just looking for something. You know, sometimes I update the notes on my phone and then they don't sync. And then I know it's there, but I don't see it. <laughs> so we looked at John 10. Okay. Hebrews 3 and verse 7. In the Passion says, this is why the Holy Spirit says. What is the Holy Spirit doing? He's speaking. Are you listening? Amen. If you only would listen to His voice this day. What is the Holy Spirit is speaking something and He says, if you only listen, then something is about to happen. Psalm 95 and verse 7 says this, we quotes it from, it says, For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you will hear His voice. So Psalm 95, 7 is really what Jesus is teaching on in John 10. That's some homework for those of you who want to study some extra. Because Jesus is not coming with any new ideas, by the way. Okay, I'll pause that there. Jesus is explaining the Old Testament and saying, I did not come to add anything new. He says, I did not come to abolish. I came to fulfill. Okay, that's a full statement. Jesus came to fulfill what was written, what was promised, what was prophesied, what was said. He did not come to abolish the law, nor the prophets. He came to fulfill. So now he's taking Psalm 95, and in John 10, he's now explaining the fulfillment of what was promised in Psalm 95. Okay, that's how you divide the word. You're getting a little bit of everything this morning. It's like popcorn. We're going all over. Amen? Now, verse, uh, back to Hebrews 3 and verse 15 says, While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, now this is where it comes in. And this links very nicely with where we were just before Easter. Harden not your heart. So the question here is, what is the condition of your heart, your ears, your spiritual ears? Not whether God is speaking. And if we can settle that in our hearts and our heads, then we know the problem, if you will, in the reception is it's not the sender. It is the reception. Now, if I look around the room, I need to explain this to some of you. We used to have televisions with bunny ears, okay, or then uh, antenna on the roof. And I remember we had this, you open the side, and we had this little orange stick. And you would press, say, channel 1, and then you would turn the screw, the stick, and it would go through all this rainforests and whatever, and then you would go through the different channels, you remember. And when you found SABC 1, you had to fine-tune it to get the voice and the picture and to get rid of the snow. So that was number one, SABC 1. Then you go to SABC 2. When you get a new TV, this is what you did. There wasn't auto-tune like we have it now. And then you need to, to turn it. And I mean, we didn't even have MNET when I grew up. So uh, we didn't have too long to go through this. But if you had MNET, you needed another device. And you need to put something on your aerial. And then you need to turn it. Amen. What does it mean? Did the SABC stop sending the broadcast? No, I, or the television just wasn't tuned in to receive the broadcast. So are you tuned in to the voice of God? 
That's the question at the end of the day. Because John 10, Jesus is speaking. Now he says, if you only hear the voice and don't harden your heart, don't tune out, but tune in. And then there's lots of ways that we can tune out. And I mean, I speak about distractions, idols, and all of those things. But if we really want to live this life of adventure, we need to hear from God. And it's not up to God whether we're going to hear from God. I think that's the point I'm trying to make. Hebrews 4 and verse 7, again, He limiteth a certain day, saying in David, to this after so long a time, it is said. It is said. This is such a concept in Scripture, now that I'm studying it out, it's popping up everywhere. Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. So in Hebrews 3, in Hebrews 4, it's both quoting from uh, Psalm 95, and I'm reading verse 8 now. It says, Harden not your heart as in the provocation or the rebellion as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. So what happened in the wilderness with the Israelites was not that God... I'm going to rephrase that. What happened in the wilderness with the Israelites was not what God wanted. It was not what God planned. They did not hear His voice. Why? Because they hardened their hearts. So if they did not hear the voice, then it means what they did was not according to what God wanted them to do. That's a thought. Turn your Old Testament upside down. But if they could harden their hearts, then we can too. Psalm 78, I think it's around verse 15, says that they limited the Holy One of Israel. Because in their heart, they turned back and they wanted to actually be back in Egypt. You see, when we step out, and I'm walking and I have walked this journey with a few people, you step out in faith, say you resign your job. Don't resign your job unless God said resign your job. You resign your job, that moment you're so sure that you heard, I believe that's a gift of faith, actually, to, to, to take that step. I remember when I just did it, you couldn't, you couldn't put me down anywhere. I mean, you couldn't own me, you couldn't pay me, you couldn't, I was just flying. Um, and, and we got through every month, like it's, 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 it's long now. <laughs> and then, you know, after time, your family starts to see, and they're like, oh yeah, you, 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 um, you're still alive, amen? So maybe you heard from God. Six years on. Eight years since I heard. Six years since we acted. I had to keep my heart soft. I need to make sure. And then when you, when you know that you've known and you act on what you've heard, like Abraham, don't stop listening. Because God leads you step by step. And what we do this, what I'm trying to say is, once we get out of what was holding us back, the freedom is often overwhelming. And then we start thinking about the good things that we had. And we forget the bad, like the whipping and the slave masters and the hard work. So anyone in their right mind would not want to go be a slave in Egypt. But because of their focus, they limited what God wanted to do, and they actually in their hearts wanted to be back in Egypt. Why? Because they had meat. So carnal. They were eating manna. I'm going to have to teach on the meat and the manna very soon because it comes up every time for me. God did not want to give them quail, but He did. You see, so what we see is not always God's best because God is so gracious that He even meets us where we're at. 
in uh, ministry school on Wednesday, I can't remember the exact example, but I shared of where, where people got it wrong, but the supernatural still happened in a way. Because God is so gracious that even if we don't get because who gets it completely right, let's be honest. You know, you say you heard from God when it works out. Then you have a testimony. If I got killed in Zimbabwe, then no one was here to tell you that I've heard from God or I heard wrong. Maybe one other thing. The outcome of your decision doesn't make it a good decision or a bad decision. This is for someone. The decision is made when God says and when you make it according to what God says. How it turns out doesn't mean that you heard from God or you didn't. Because who ever realized that people change? They change their minds. At one stage, people say to God, God, I'm going to give this money into this ministry. So God says, there's enough, resign your job. That person is free to not, not pay it or to change his mind or to someone else can rob him. So you see, the, the, the thinking of that God is this puppeteer is making it difficult because if God is this puppeteer that controls everything, why then do we need to listen? I've never explained it that way, but that's good. But now he wants to lead you and guide you into this. So, the freedom is often overwhelming, but it is truth that sets free. So I'm closing with this, this last thought. Again, today's really introductory and we'll go deeper in the next few weeks. But Isaiah 55 and verse 12 says, For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. You see where the Lord of the Rings writer got his ideas. It says, you will go out in peace. The Amplified Classic says, by your leader, the Lord himself and his word. Now again, that is picked up in John 10. The shepherd goes ahead. He's leading them out to peace and pasture. But we can't just go where we want to go and then expect God to send the peace. We need to go where the shepherd is going to receive that. Amen? The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. So, the question then that comes up is, how are we led forth by peace, or what does it mean? And one of the verses that we'll get to is Colossians 3.15, that I believe we've, and I've myself, and a lot of us have misused, or misinterpreted. But before we get there, um, do you think Jesus was experiencing complete peace before the cross? While he was sweating blood. While he took 39 stripes. While he said to God, um, let this cup go past me if it's your will. So why do we think being in complete peace is exactly what God wants for us? We're going to ask the question in a different way. Seeing that it's just after Easter, it's actually very applicable. Do you think God was at peace with Jesus going to the cross? I think he was, he was hurting. I think he, he, he sort of didn't want to look. But I think he was at peace for the joy that was set before him. So Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of God rule where? In your heart. So you can't have a hardened heart and be led with the peace of God. Amen? But whose peace is it? It's God's peace, not yours. 
You see, so we're waiting for complete peace before we do something. Now, there is a, there is a truth in that. Like, when you're totally unsure and, like, you, 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 you're anxious, then don't do anything because fear is never goes with a sound mind. Because in 2 Timothy 1.7, God says, I give you not the spirit of fear. So the spirit of fear is, is there. But I give you the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. That's another way to hear from God. You need a sound mind. So if you're in fear then you're not hearing clear. Okay, so we need to get out of fear to hear clear. Okay, and how do we get out of fear? Perfect love. Okay, John, 1 John 4 says, perfect love casts out fear. So this goes back to where I st- started the message. I must say, now, from we, since we have kids in the house, my reaction is just... <laughs> I think it's something that God designed. Like you've seen these YouTube videos where... They, I'm like, I'm like... Whoop. Huh? Some of you have seen it. You've even commented on it. That was like, it's just, you put it there. Huh? Problem is, if it's Jordan, then you're like, he's a bit heavy. But, okay, that's just, that's not even a joke. It's actually true, but move on. <laughs> Mark 4, verse 38. says in the Amplified, Keep actively watching and praying, so that you do not come into temptation. So Mark 4, we know, speaks about the condition of the heart. We've just seen from Hebrews and from Psalm 95 that when our heart is hardened, we don't hear the voice of the shepherd. And when we don't hear the voice of the shepherd, we can't be in faith, so we can't live the adventure. So now, how do we then keep our hearts soft? How do we tune in to this voice of God? It says we need to keep watching and praying so we don't fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Now, Jesus was saying that, actually. And then Jesus experienced that in Gethsemane, in the garden, where the spirit was willing to go to the cross, but the flesh didn't want to go through the punishment and the pain. Anyone ever, have you thought of it in this way, where, where, where Jesus is not expecting us to do anything that he didn't have to go through himself? So Jesus then, because, how did Jesus then do it? Not my will but your will. And then Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews 12, gives us a little bit more. It says, For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. So I'm just challenging this thought of being led forth by peace. And I'm only saying, if it's God's peace, then it's spiritual. It's not carnal. I promise you, when I resigned my job, I wasn't at peace in, in, in the carnal sense at all. But the fact of excitement in the spirit that God was at peace with this because God invited me into this, I let that overrule the flesh. And that took two years, by the way. So I'm not saying it's just like popcorn. I'm just saying we need to soften our hearts, make sure we've heard. I had counsel. I've spoken to Shane. I've I, I spoken to my wife. We prayed through these things because it's a massive decision. But then the spirit was willing. The body is weak. So God, I believe Jesus knew that the Father was at peace with the decision that he was making to go through with the cross. It was God's will, not his. So when we make decisions, that's just one way. If you want to live the adventure that you're going to have to probably just make sure that you focus right. Colossians 3.15 says, Let your hearts fall under the rule of the anointed's peace. That's the voice translation. The peace you were called to as one body, and be thankful. So it's not your peace. 
It's his piece. And again, if you need to make a big decision, we got leaders, we got pastors, we got counsel, so that we can make good, help you make a good decision. We're not going to make your decision because then you keep us accountable. <laughs> and I don't want that. But even if someone say, hey, we're leaving the church, God said, I'm like, I'm not going to go against God. Just make sure that God said, but I mean, I'm, who am I to, to speak against what God said? That's not for me to, to, to say. Um, but what you can do is if you understand the nature of God, if you understand the Word of God, then you can help them just make sure. If you need to move or change jobs or whatever, get married. The Amplified says, Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with Him, be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace, indeed, you were called as members of one body of believers, and be thankful to God always. So thankfulness really is a way to keep our hearts soft, if you look at Romans 1, which we'll maybe uh, get into soon. But yeah, I hope that just helps someone. Like we, we need to be very sure of how we apply Scripture so that we don't do it different to what God intended. Okay, so this is going to be a bit practical, um, but I believe it's going to be good. Amen? Anyone excited? You hear from God, you can live the adventure. Amen? So let's stand together. Father, we thank you that we can hear from you, that your word says it so clearly and so beautifully. Father, thank you that, um, that you are good. Thank you that you are at peace with your will. Father, thank you that you want to lead us into pasture, into green grass and still waters. Thank you, Jesus, that you left your peace. Jesus said, my peace I give you, not as the world gives. So you're not going to have the spa feeling with running water every time you... That, that, that doesn't mean that's a good decision. It's His peace that He left us with. Is God at peace? Is this according to God's will, to God's purpose, to God's plan, to God's calling? And I'll just, where you are right now, let's take a moment. We said we're going to practically apply this and we're going to train ourselves. Where you are, I believe there's a few things God wants to minister to right now. And the first is... If you have made a decision that you think was a wrong decision, I want you to make peace with that right now so that you can move on. I believe there's people here that you are so disappointed in God because you believed that God spoke, you acted on it, and it didn't work out as you planned. And you're disappointed in God for that, so it's breaking relationship, which means you're no longer hearing from God, means you're not in faith, means you're not living the adventure. You're actually stagnant. The root system of your heart, I believe, is um, is like choked. And I cannot do this for you, but, but as soon as you let your heart soften, I believe there's good answers. If you just listen. And I believe when you listen and you hear the voice of the Father, it's going to bring such life. It's going to bring such tender compassion. It's going to bring really like, like 
the seeds that's been sown for years and years and years. This is for someone you've been, you've been going to church for a long time. You were at conferences. You received prophetic word, but you are not living what those words promised. You're not living what those words invited. You see, if prophecy is really not thus will it be, but thus it can be. Prophecy is an invitation to more. Prophecy is there to build you up and to show you and to commune with you how God sees you. Because we often are like the Israelites. We say we are grasshoppers in our own sight and in theirs. I mean, God made the grasshopper. What was that? Day five. I think. You can check me up with your kids later. God didn't make grasshoppers on day six. God made us. So when the Israelites says we are like grasshoppers, they were lying. They were distracted. They were looking at the outward appearance. They weren't looking at the heart. There might even be that God that's protected you in such a way that you would not have been alive if things worked out different. We don't know those things. So we need to believe that He is good. We need to believe that He is speaking. And we need to believe that where He is taking us is pasture. It's good for us. I just see this, this chiter from heaven just watering where there's little stubs in the ground. Maybe some small green shoots or even places where you can't see anything, but God knows where the seeds are sown. God knows where life will come. God knows that when we soften our hearts, that the water, the Spirit can, can activate, can germinate the promises of God in our hearts, the Word of God in our life, that we can, we can flourish. And the Word says we can be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. I believe God is inviting us as a church to, to, I want to say, step up in hearing from Him. Step up in, 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 in listening to His voice, in communing with Him. When we pray, let's make time to listen, not just to speak. As a generation and in where we live currently, we are so afraid of silence. We've become so uncomfortable with silence, but the psalmist said, be still. Be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. Where you are, I want you to just respond in your heart and say, God, I want to go on this journey. I want to hear you more. I want to hear you clearly. I want to commune with you. I want to, I want to have what Peter is speaking about and so much more. If you want to, like, we, we, we're going we're gonna to go on this journey. I want to grow in my ability to hear God's voice. I want to live more of an adventure. I want to make sure, and when I make decisions, be, be pretty sure that God said. That gives us boldness. That gives us confidence. We need to know who we are. We're going to look at that. We need to understand the word in context. We need to, we, we, we're going to look at that. But I'm just looking for willing hearts. That's all I'm, I'm, I feel the Holy Spirit is saying this morning. Who's willing? Who's coming with us? We're going to figure it out. We're going to have fun on the way. Of course we are, but, but like, just say yes, Lord. 
And if you're here today and you've never heard that God wants to speak to you, you thought God is speaking to the man up front or the guy with the tuacha or you need certificates to hear from God, I want to share with you that Jesus loves you. For God so loved the world, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But guess what? He is no longer dead because He rose again. And the same power that rose Christ from the grave is now available to everyone who's born again. The same power, that, that resurrection power now lives in us if we're believers. Because Jesus died and He was, he was raised. But then He ascended and then He poured out something. He poured out the promise that was made to Abraham, which is the Holy Spirit. So if you don't have Jesus, it's not that you're only stuck in your sin, but it is such a big thing that you are missing out on the completeness of what God wants to give you, which is His very presence and nature living in you for all eternity. You see, so the message to a sinner is not that you need to repent and change and stop sinning. No, it is that you need to change your thinking because the way God wants to deal with sin is not through the law and the prophets. No, the way that God wants to deal with your sin is through Jesus. It's a different way than what we thought. It's a different way than what the Israelites wanted. It is different because it is a gift. And it is a gift of life eternal. It is the gift of forgiveness, justification, sanctification, holiness. And yes, then when we make mistakes, there's ways that we can help you to stop that. But you need to, like I did when I heard, ek's fail, ek is stikkend, ek's gebroke. Mark my heel oor hier. You need to respond for yourself. You need to say, yes, Lord. I need this. Yes, Lord. I want this. Yes, Lord. I believe this. It doesn't have to make sense because it's such good news, it's almost too good to be true. But it's true. It's the reality of Christianity. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca.